Hi guys and welcome back to Style and Sustain the podcast. This episode I am talking to a woman that is highly inspirational. She is a part of the global movement for fashion revolution. And some of you may know this, but Fashion Rev has its roots in London. And when the movement sparked back in 2013, a young Brazilian woman who was living in London at that time decided to take some of those roots and plant them in her home country. And that's how Fashion Revolution of Brazil was born. Fernanda Simon, now director of the movement in Brazil, as well as sustainability editor of Vogue Brazil, sparked Fashion Revolution in her country. The movement now brings together thousands of people who are passionate about seeing change in the industry in their country, but also way beyond that. Fernanda is an empathetic powerhouse, as you will hear in this interview. And I love this conversation with her because we talk about everything, basically, from her spiritual transformation that led to her passion for bringing forth a new fashion industry, to her current role as Vogue Brazil sustainability editor, as well as her take on the important part that the indigenous people of Brazil play in the future of the country, and of course the impact that fast fashion has on Brazil um, environmentally, but also economically. So we cover all of these topics, and I personally love this conversation because Because as I said, Fernanda is not only just super empathetic, but she's also full of joy and full of hope about the future of the industry. And that really comes through in this conversation. So I hope you guys enjoy this. Take a listen. Hi, Fernanda. Hello, Emma. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much for agreeing to do this interview with me. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you. (laughs) I really enjoyed our Natural History Museum panel. And although it was enjoyable, I felt like it was short. And every time I heard you speak, I kept thinking, I want to hear her talk about more because it felt like there was so much left to be said in terms of what's happening in Brazil with the fashion industry with fashion revolution so yeah I immediately thought okay I really need to have her on my podcast to have those conversations oh that's cool I really appreciate this opportunity so we can talk a little bit more yeah definitely I guess yeah let's get right into it one of the first things that piqued my interest with you was around what made you decide to pick up the fashion revolution movement in Brazil? Like, how did you hear of it? And then why did you decide to start it in Brazil? And then how did that eventually, I guess, land you with Vogue Brazil as uh, their sustainability editor? Well, so my thing with fashion is starting the university. I went to a fashion design university in Brazil. So I had this connection to fashion. And then during the last year of uni, I began a spiritual journey. And then I become more connected with nature, with the earth. And at that moment, I couldn't not see any connection between fashion and nature. And also for me at that moment, I couldn't see... Like fashion was not making sense any longer. What I was learning in university, it was too separate from my spiritual journey. So I just had like a wake up call and I decided to find another path 
that would consider the reality of the planet. So I wanted to do something about, and then I went to study sustainability. This was 2007. So many things have happened since then. I lived in London for years. Oh, uh, wow. So you know London yes. well then. <laughs> yes, <laughs> a little bit. But I had this experience in my life. And London is a part of my journey because yeah. it was in England that I realized that fashion and planet could be connected. Oh, wow. Um, Yes, because on that time in Brazil, we this conversation doesn't didn't exist at all. So in London, I started to see some brands. I started to see some people that were doing good things with fashion. And I met Joss Whipple. I don't know if you know her, but Joss, she was well, actually she is. My fashion hero, number one, you know, she's the <laughs> I don't think I've heard of her before. What does she do? Well, she's not living in England anymore, but okay. she is from England mm -hmm. and she was, she had a showroom and she was doing some consultants jobs. It's part of the creation of fashion revolution movement as well. Amazing. So, yeah. Oh, she's beautiful. She's a great friend of mine. Yeah, so she, she must have been the one to kind of lead you to Fashion Revolution, I imagine? Yes, exactly. So at the moment, Fashion Revolution was created. I was already with the intention to go back to Brazil. So, and I knew that in that time, the conversation about fashion and sustainability in Brazil was very in the beginning. So mm -hmm. I just offered, you know, myself to become the council <laughs> coordinator That's for Fashion Revolution Brazil. Yeah. That's amazing. I love what you said about having a spiritual awakening and, and that leading you to kind of see a disconnect between fashion and nature. Can you name some of those disconnects that you saw that you just felt were not aligning with your spiritual journey? Yeah, well, at that time, I remember I was in the university just talking about what is trendy, what mm -hmm. will sell, how we need to make business. So it mm -hmm. was just about profit. And I really love all the images, all the art, the fashion art aspect. But yeah. I really believe that it must be connected to something else. Mm. So, yeah, at, at that time, I couldn't see that connection. Nowadays, yes. you know, I know that is possible. Yeah, it's definitely possible. I mean, I love that coming to London was kind of the catalyst for you. And often we hear about this conversation with Fashion Revolution from the global north. So it's obviously Fashion Revolution started in London and something that's talked about a lot in Europe. I'm from Ghana. When I go back home to Ghana, people are not really talking about revolutionizing the fashion industry, although there is a fashion of Ghana uh, more recently. But what are the differences you see between the way the movement is talked about in the global north versus what you are doing right now, specifically in Brazil? The approach of it, the actions, like how is it different? Yeah, exactly, Emma. Usually the conversation is centered around global north and many resources, the data, the materials in general, most of the materials in general 
about the issue are from the global north. So sometimes we don't know what is happening in the south because this we can assess these resources. Mm. So yeah. here in Brazil, we have been working locally to produce and to promote our own researches to share the materials that have been produced by local people. We have projects to support all the movements, the brands, the researchers, the makers. For instance, we have the Fashion Revolution Forum, which is a mm. project that promotes researchers from Brazilian students. So we also have a Fashion Revolution book, which was written by Brazilian women, researchers mm. in the field of sustainable fashion. So for us, it is very important to create and to promote to promote the events materials and you know everything that's happening in our country so our projects we made by ourselves mm. because we know how to create something for us yeah uh, but the good difference uh, something that i see as something positive that uh, here in Brazil, people are quite passionate about uh, this matter. And, oh, wow. Yeah, was, that, was that the case from the beginning? So when you came back from London, went to Brazil and wanted to start it, did you feel people were passionate already or is this something you had to build up? It was something we had to build up. It is a process. We started Fashion Revolution Brazil in 2014. So now we have more than 60 local representatives, more than 100 schools and universities taking part in our campaign. But as Fashion Revolution is one of the first initiatives talking about sustainability in fashion, so I feel that people were expecting something from fashion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so when Fashion Revolution began here in Brazil, it was something bigger. So I think this is a good, the bright side. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. What would you say is one big action that you've done with Fashion Revolution in Brazil that's really, really changed things in people's perception? Well, we have many projects, like uh, actions, you know, like activism in the streets mm. and campaigns. But I would say that our fashion revolution campaign is something very important in the fashion industry in general because before the pandemic in 2019 we had more than 800 fashion revolution events in brazil wow that's amazing yes so it was hundreds of students and people all over Brazil organizing speeches, organizing fairs, organizing, well, any kind of workshops and talks and things, you know. So yeah. it was so beautiful. And many brands participating as well. So I think Fashion Revolution Week in Brazil is very, very special. Yeah, that's so exciting to hear that so many people are mobilized. Thanks to the movement. I guess I'm also curious about, apart from like obviously people getting involved and participating every year in Fashion Revolution Week, do you have any sort of actions towards legality? So legal actions maybe within political circles in terms of creating change within the industry? 
Yes, but well, we still wanted to go further. Uh, yeah. We have yeah. partnerships with other organizations, uh, and mm. we also have a campaign that is about the cotton production in Brazil. Mm. Because we, this is a very urgent matter here in Brazil. Brazil is one of the biggest cotton producers in the world, but this cotton is full of chemicals. This cotton yeah. is like uh, killing our nature, killing our people, and this is not a healthy production. So we have a campaign to talk about fashion without poison with other organizations, uh, two other organizations, that is Modifica and Rio Ethical Fashion. Mm -hmm. So at the moment, this is our biggest campaign in this scene. Yeah, that's amazing. And you've mentioned cotton, which, yeah, I guess within the entire fashion industry, it's, it's such a draining resource when it comes to the environment, but also with the people. What are three other ways you're seeing fast fashion impact the Brazil, basically, in the past years or previously. I know within our call with Natural History Museum, you mentioned leather production and a few other elements that I thought were really interesting. Yeah, I believe the first impact and the, more, the most urgent impact in the Brazilian fashion industry is the social problem, the mm. workers' conditions. As we have in other countries, mainly in the South global countries, uh, but here in Brazil, this is something very urgent as well. The Brazilian textile industry is the fifth largest in the world, and the confection industry fourth largest. So it's really, really huge. It is nearly 10 billion pieces are produced every year. Wow. Yes, so mm. like uh, it's a huge industry here in Brazil. We say that is a complete industry because we do the fiber production and we consume the clothes. Mm. You know, so we do everything inside the country. Yeah. So, but as in the other countries, most of the people who make our clothes are women. So mm. it is a priority to raise awareness about this matter, to ask responsibility, to ask fairness, clarity from brands, from government, because we must guarantee good work conditions. Because at this moment, most of these women are not in a safe place. They yeah. don't have, yes, good quality in their jobs. It's a crazy, crazy number. I think over 80% of the people who work in the fashion industry are women. And that's, yeah. you know, from uh, production to even marketing <laughs> across the board. These are women that are leading, holding the industry up. But they're the ones, obviously, when it comes to garment workers that are that treated the least fair everywhere you go. So, yeah, no, I completely agree with you that that's that's a social issue to tackle in finding solutions to helping these women. Mm -hmm, totally. This is something very urgent in the whole world. Mm. And well, and in the environment, we have, as we talked in the other opportunity we had together, we in Brazil at this moment, we have the forest, we have Amazon being destroyed it's been so sad to watch what's happening in Brazil right now. The numbers are so scary. 
they are like huge. When we think about Amazon and fashion, we have the mining factor because it is uh, illegal mining. So, you know, we must ask ourselves where the gold comes from. And many local indigenous community, such as the Yanomamis, they are facing destruction of their lands, their mm. rivers by illegal gold mining. So the mining is something really, really urgent that, you know, must be talked about it. And well, well, I have even here a quote from leader, an indigenous leader, mm-hmm. that is David Kopenawa. And he says that he's quite concerned and disgusted by what's happening in the gold mining invasion. Yeah. And he says that he can see the dirt water, the yellow river, everything mm-hmm. is polluted. They are coming in like hungry animals looking for the wealth of our land. And it is advancing very, very fast. The mining is already arriving at my house. So this wow. is our approach yeah. for me. Yes. So it's like a, it's horrible situation. Mm. How do we move forward from that? Because like he said, they're coming in hungry to find gold. What's the solution to mitigating that and showing these people that it's not the way to impose on someone else's land? Yeah, well, unfortunately, the government is supporting the mm. mining, the illegal yeah. mining. Yeah. And so this is, I think that us as a citizen, we must support local organizations, Yes. you know, local indigenous people. We must talk about these issues. So ask brands to be responsible for where they buy their gold or their products as the gold, as the mining, you know. Mm, we yeah. also have the leather issue. As leather is a cattle skin, and the forest has been cut mainly because of the cattle industry. The livestock industry is responsible for a high gra- greenhouse gas emission, and we are losing all the local biodiversity, animals, medicinal plants, ancestral trees, all the local culture and much more, you know, in Amazon is being just becoming cattle field. Yeah, no, it's absolutely disheartening to hear. And like you said, the government is playing a big part in enabling this to happen in the country. Would you say that part of the work of citizens is also to get political and to, to vote when the opportunity comes for for the right people to be in power. I know it's probably a different political climate in Brazil versus other countries, but is this something that you feel people are aware of in terms of using their voice politically? Totally, Irma. We must be engaged with the political because now at the moment we have this horrible president, Bolsonaro, Mm-hmm. who is against people, against life. He <sighs> is just, you know, someone who wants the destruction. It's so important for Brazilian people fight against him, but it's also important for people from all over the world to know what's happening here in our country. Because Amazon, for instance, is something that we as a global community, we must preserve. 
yes. we must take care because we are living a climate emergence. The world is like uh, we are in a very drastic situation. Yep, code code red for humanity. Exactly, code yeah. red for humanity, and we have a huge forest that we can yeah. preserve it, and we are just watching the forest becoming a cattle field. Yeah, so it's terrible. I mean, you yeah. know what gives me hope is always thinking of the, the indigenous people that are working so hard to preserve so much of our biodiversity across the world, not just in Brazil. And Brazil obviously is home to so many indigenous cultures, and they've also got these amazing artisanal and craftsmanship skills when it comes to making clothes, making garments. And you've talked a bit about the impact that the, the fashion industry is having on those indigenous people with gold. But what are some of the other impacts in terms of, yeah, this craftsmanship that they have mm -hmm. that is so valuable? And do you see a way for them to use this, those skills to actually thrive in, in the fashion industry somehow? Yes, I think this is a possibility, but right now the reality is not this one. Well, the problem has started here in Brazil when Europeans arrived in yep. Brazil, colonizing mm -hmm. yep. with violence mm. and disrespect. Yep. So since that, that time, you know, the real people from this land, the indigenous people, are surf suffering violence mm -hmm. from the system. This week actually is happening a demonstration in Brasilia that's called Luta Pela Vida, Fight for the Life, mm -hmm. where more than 100 tribes, culture, indigenous tribes, united asking for the government doesn't take out their lands, you know. Wow. Because, yeah. Yes. So they're, uh, they're standing up for themselves and they're speaking out. And I think that's... Yes. That's such an important part of the narrative that we don't hear enough in the mainstream. It's, it's often this narrative of, you know, indigenous people, they've disappeared, they're not really there anymore. And that's actually a colonialist narrative that allows people to ignore their livelihood, to ignore that they, they're still there and they still want their land back to back as their own. So it's incredible to hear that that's happening and that they're yeah. speaking out and standing up for yeah. themselves. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a beautiful movement. Even being so sad that this needs to happen, you know, and so sad that they need to go so that this needs to happen, like, uh, because I believe they should be protected, you know, they should yep. be in peace. Mm, and no, it's the opposite. It's the yes. opposite. Yes. And but, there's so much we can learn from them in terms of, of how they, they interact with nature, how the generations of learning that they have in regards to nature and their environment is as good as scientific knowledge because it's science is the study of nature and these indigenous people have been studying nature since the, the dawn of time. So, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. and now is the time that we must learn with them. Otherwise, yeah, exactly. we're not a survivor. Oh, yes. yeah, yeah. They know what to do next, I think. Yeah, <laughs> There exactly. really needs to be a, a power shift to get them more involved in making decisions. But it's yeah. so good, as I said, to hear them, the uprising and, and them speaking out for, for their rights. And I hope that continues. And I hope that it... it 
it generates some change. Just to finish and yeah. talking about the fashion in Brazil, and in fashion, it's clear that what most people wear in Brazil is inspired in American and mm. European cultures. Yep. So not the real Brazilian culture, which is indigenous, which mm. is black, which yep. is a mixture of people and culture, you know. So I feel that at this moment as well, we must to reconnect our heritage, our history, to have a deep look in our past and see what is the fashion from Brazil. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, yes. it's, it's important to preserve culture through fashion because it's a similar story for, I'm from Ghana, as I said, and it's a similar mm -hmm. story with what's happening there. It's the fast fashion coming in, inspiration from American movies and European lifestyle and the mm -hmm. secondhand industry coming in there is leading to a loss of our cultural heritage when it comes to, to garments and to, to fashion. And a lot of people prefer wearing European wear sometimes versus traditional wear. But it's really good to see some local designers stepping up and doing a creative work around combining our cultural heritage with the inspiration, but still keeping, preserving that heritage, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. beautiful. I hope Brazil gets onto a similar path and yeah yeah we do have some local designers mm -hmm. a brand or another but in general when we sing general Most we people. see yeah and fashion actually accelerated the mm -hmm. disconnection about what is our own fashion culture and it makes more difficult for those who have a, such precious work made by hand to be valued. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because, yeah, so, yeah, it's this big industry that sometimes also get these techniques, these symbols oh, from yes. cultures. Oh, we can talk yes. for days about cultural appropriation and yes. it's just, it's really heartbreaking mm -hmm. to see it happen over and over again with no repercussion for these big brands, you know, they get away with it all the time. Exactly. This happened in Brazil as well. Yeah, I'm really hoping that will that will change. And I mean, they do it for even recently, there's been a surge of small, sustainable, ethical brands mm -hmm. getting appropriated by fast fashion brands. And yes. no, with no shame, they copy exactly the exactly same design. The same. <laughs> no shame at all, just exactly the same design and then selling it for cheaper. And it's so heartbreaking to see. And yeah. I hope eventually there is some sort of legislation that's set in place to protect small creators because yeah. your work is so important uh well speaking of, of fashion and cultural appropriation etc i love that you work at vogue brazil and the first thing that popped into my mind is do you often or maybe sometimes feel that there's a conflict of interest between obviously you fighting the fight of revolutionizing the fashion industry versus vogue which they do make an effort in stepping towards a different fashion industry and a fairer fashion industry, but it's still Vogue. They're still the leaders and they're still propelling a lot of these trends that we see, etc. How do you manage that? <laughs> well, um, I believe that it's essential to have the media working towards this narrative change. Mm. So I believe that the change must happen everywhere and in everyone. 
So mm-hmm. I, for me, it's really clear that Vogue must be part of this transformation. Yes, absolutely. Uh, well, uh, about the conflicts of interested, yes, sometimes it can happen. When I began in Vogue, people ask me that a lot. But uh, <laughs> at the same time, you know, I when I just started at Vogue, I have much support from my boss. She is a wonderful woman. She really wants to do a transformation. She, we have really good conversation about what is the fashion most urgent matters and how Vogue Brazil can contribute to this moment of fashion. Mm. So the Vogue team is really committed to bringing this discussion with honesty, deepness, So I am really grateful to be part of this team from the biggest magazine ever. Yeah, it's amazing. It's so positive to hear that they're on board and that they're motivated and they're really trying to change the narrative. Yes, they are going through this path. And see that Vogue has a big history and as everything in the world changed during the time, So I see mm-hmm. Vogue changing yeah. as well and being quite serious about all the environment impacts, all the social impacts. Here in Brazil, I believe we are doing a good work. Yeah. And of course, we know that brands and fashion companies are part of the problem. But mm-hmm. if they are part of the problem, I believe that they must be part of the solution as well. Yeah, that's amazing. So, yeah. I And we yeah. need a systemic revolution. Revolution happens in everywhere. So, mm. yes, we must count with the participation of all. Yeah, I love that because, you know, sometimes the way we we talk about fashion revolution sometimes makes it sound like it's us versus them. It's yeah. sustainable fashion versus the fast fashion, but actually yeah. the the way we're going to move forward is by coming together and trying to change and impact those that are trying to find their way. And you're so right. I didn't think of this, but yeah, you're absolutely right in the idea that Vogue has been around for a long time and Vogue has survived because they've adapted to the changes mm-hmm. that have come culturally and societally and within society. So it's actually a great space to lead that change because they probably are very yeah. willing to move forward. That's a very yeah. interesting perspective. Mm. And we must talk to all people. So we must find ways to reach these people. As an activist, made in the beginning of fashion revolution in Brazil, you know, when you feel that you are talking the same thing for the same yes. people. <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> yes, exactly. And, you know, Brazil is huge and people are buying and buying and buying and I'm just talking for the same group of people. So we must find ways to talk to other people, people that are different from us, You know, like so we I I really believe that we must go everywhere because yeah. is this the revolution must be systemic mm-hmm. and it must happen everywhere with everyone. 
Yeah, that sounds amazing. I love the hopefulness in your voice. And I think we definitely need more of that optimism looking ahead at how the industry is going to change. So I absolutely love hearing that. Yeah, speaking of fashion and, of course, of Vogue, how do you see concretely kind of the narrative changing? And what ways have you worked on that within your role as sustainability editor over there? And I guess not just for the industry, but for individuals as well. Yes, well, I believe the change happened in everyone. And yes, I do believe that it's essential that we started this change inside ourselves and to be open for and what's happening in the world because some people don't want to see it. But so we must, you know, open our mind, our heart and the reality of the planet now and to use fashion as a force of a good transformation, yeah. not just, you know, something that keep us alienated to the world. No, yeah, force of connection to the world. And... And then I also believe that there's no recipe for how change something. And, well, it's this. I really believe in the media working towards this narrative change. I see, as I said, the Vogue is doing a really great work. Not just Vogue, but other magazines in Brazil as well. I've been noticed that, you know, they are also moving forward. So, yeah. I believe yeah, that, that this is a thing. It's essential that the media, the government, the companies, the brands, the individuals, we all take responsibility about our own action and that we create plans, you know, that we create ways of, of doing something positive for the world. Absolutely. And I, again, I love that you mentioned about it being kind of this, this spiritual awakening for you. Do you believe that it, it kind of needs to be a spiritual slash mindset awakening for everyone, the, that shift? Because when you said that, I had a similar experience. It's just the sudden realization that life is so much bigger than what we've sometimes confined it to. And I feel like because of that, everyone has to have some sort of spiritual awakening to get to this mm-hmm. next level of thinking. But I guess... Yeah, I guess my question is, do you see that happening? If so, how do we get there? Well, <laughs> once I again, big question. I, <laughs> yes, I, I don't think there is a recipe. Yeah, but I think it's something very personal. But I think the first step is to be open to mm. want it. Because yeah. it's, as you said, there is uh, much more in life look mm. into life itself mm. yeah how yeah. It's nature the life that the plants how it grows how it dies how it becomes something else mm. you know the nutrients that comes from the plants that goes to our body and give us energy to do things so everything is so beautiful so connected yeah. is so prosper you know how mm. how things happen in this planet and sometimes yeah. we are just living our life, working, paying bills, getting some fun, working, paying bills, having some fun, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> and 
Come on, you know, we are yeah. alive in this so planet. Nice. Wake up, you're alive. You know, there's <laughs> magic happening here. Yeah, that's absolutely Let's pay attention. Yeah. So, yeah. well, when there is many spiritual practice and religions and many things, it's, you know, I think there are options, the way, mm. the path are infinite. Yeah, but yeah. And, and look to ourselves, looking inside us is always a good process as well. For yeah, us. it's definitely yeah. a good place to start. Yeah, um, yeah, the journey that's amazing. That was beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. My other question was, how would you describe your like personal sustainable ethical style? I love your page, and I thought you looked very stylish in all, <laughs> all the photos. So I was like, I definitely have to ask her about her style and uh, what oh my god, inspires it and and where which brands you love, maybe sustainable ethical brands that you love or what you love thrifting. I'd love to hear about that. Oh, thank you so much. My style is a mixture of what is comfortable, <laughs> very important yeah. to be comfortable, <laughs> like what I think is beautiful, but for me, the beautiful comes with a beautiful story, mm-hmm. you know, I yeah. like to wear things that I know where came from, what is behind that clothes. Sometimes I buy things in secondhand shops. I like it as well, you know, to have something because mainly here in Brazil we have some vintage shops that we can find some things very precious, you know, yeah. old and precious. So I like to find these things. Well, nowadays actually I don't really buy clothes, you know, I just wear yeah. what I have. Sometimes yeah. people give me some brands, sometimes give me some things. And I like also to wear natural fibers when, you know, because I think it's so nice when we think about a cloth that is made by plant, mm, diet yeah. by plant. So it's like a life organism that we you I are know. wearing. Oh, the other day I learned that you could dye something pink with avocado. With I, avocado, wow. Yes, I had no idea. And I had this moment where my mind was blown and I just thought, wow, nature has everything, everything. <laughs> we need. Yeah, just learning that just really, it just made me happy. I was like, wow, avocado, pink, okay. It's <laughs> <laughs> possible. It's possible. <laughs> See, so I think it is so fantastic, you know, to mm-hmm. find the colors from plants mm-hmm. and the materials like uh, organic cotton, hemp, linen, so I think it's nice to this idea of wearing nature. Wearing nature, yeah. It's yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But well, a... yes, I have some clothes that I bought in second hands and I just sometimes I put some white shirt to make some important meetings. <laughs> some, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but sometimes I'm very relaxed, you know, just you yeah. know, oh, comfort is key. <laughs> comfort is everything. <laughs> and I I love what you said about, you know, at some point you don't buy as much because you've collected things you love. So yeah. that constant need of buying something disappears because now you have a collection of items that you're absolutely in love with, that you love rewearing because every time you've gone something, you thought about it. And I feel like that's a natural progression uh, when you, you start wearing clothes consciously, you know? So, yeah, it's really, it's really great yes. that you mentioned that. 
yes, we don't need much. Yeah. It's like shoes, you know. Yeah. I have just a few pair of shoes. And I think so weird because I have some friends that they have many shoes. I know. And most, most oh. of them are not comfortable, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not I'm not a big heels like shoes person because it's painful. It's I mean, painful. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Let's admit it. It's very very painful and it looks good, but it's not worth the pain, not for me at least. <laughs> yes, what's the point to put yeah. something that's not comfortable, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh gosh. <laughs> I mean, I think it's it's it takes skills to walk in some of these heels that I see. So I'm also very in awe. I'm always like, wow, well done. Because uh -huh. I, uh -huh. I can never do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and I don't know if any of it's healthy for your body, yeah. you know? Yeah, so, that's true. yes, I think like we women, we, well, of course, each one do whatever, you know, we yeah. are free. This is the most yeah, exactly. important thing is that we are free. <laughs> but to wear comfortable when healthy shoes, like, you know, trainees or just some boots, I think is, I, for me, is amazing. <laughs> yeah, same. I'm the same. <laughs> so, last but not least, I guess, you know, at the moment, the world feels really heavy. You know, we're in the pandemic. You know, the IPCC report just dropped. You know, we're hearing about fires and, and floods around the world. And a lot of people I talk to, they, they, they talk about eco-anxiety. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a very real thing right now, very tangible thing at the moment. But I like to remember joy and just, you know, remembering that despite all of this, we're still alive, we can still bring change. So how do you find and practice joy? despite everything that's going on in, in, in the world? And how do you choose to be active versus just being apathetic? Yes, well, I'll go back to what we were talking before, that I am a quite spiritual person. Mm. So I have faith, you know, faith yeah. in mother's nature, faith in God, faith mm. in the universe, faith in the humanity. So I believe that we must do the right thing, even with all the craziness happening around. And this is something also about to have hope. Yeah. Uh, no, just to, if I have faith, I must be hopeful about yep. the future. Mm. And I don't have the solutions. I don't know the solutions. I don't know what's going on. But I choose to be in the right side. You know, yeah, I choose to do what I believe is right. And I do think that joy is also a tool. We must have joy for, mm. you know, for... Yeah, have, it's amazing. For, yes, for having faith, for having hope. Because otherwise, if we get too sad, too, you know, we can get depressive. And mm. if we get too depressive, we will have not energy to yeah. fight. Yeah. So, Absolutely. yes, even it's difficult because, as you said, you know, everything that's happening in Afghanistan, all the fires, all the pandemic and mm. all, all of this, sometimes it's really hard to have faith, to have hope, to have joy. But, you know, I think we must find this balance, you know, yeah. to see everything that's happening, but keep strong keep positive that we will do the right thing 
and you know work for the best yeah i think amazing. yeah yeah Thank what's you. one thing that gives you hope right now oh young people mm. <laughs> maybe yeah. young people you know this new generation yeah i am 34 now so i think i you know i'm just looking younger people coming even in, inside fashion revolution yes. inside our community i see young women very strong and very active mm. and you know very engaged so i i think yes i think this is something that gives me hope yeah absolutely i agree i love the younger generation and i know a lot of the times though know, people will say oh you know the younger generation lost in the internet da 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 but i think they're so in tune with what's happening in the world more yeah. than the older generations were because they're so connected and yes. when they choose to fight they fight with all their heart you know yeah um, yeah and i think that's so powerful to see come up slowly so yeah i completely agree with you love those kids those gen yeah. zers <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Fernanda, we've come to the end of, of our conversation, but this has been so, so fun. I'm so thankful that you agreed to join me. And I really hope I get to come to Brazil one please. day. And <laughs> please come, let me and... know. Yes, come. I live in Sao Paulo. It's not the best place to visit in Brazil, but I'm oh, here. You already have me. amazing to me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah thank you so so much and i wish you a, a wonderful evening and we'll catch up soon hopefully thank you so much um well done for your beautiful work it oh, was a, a pleasure to be here talking to you sorry about my english no and, you're uh, perfect you're fine <laughs> sometimes i get nervous uh, well no. whatever yeah. you but articulated you so everything much. perfectly it was fine Oh, thank you. When we are together in this revolution. Yes, exactly. We're in this together. <laughs> oh, great. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Fernanda. As you can tell, I really want to go to Brazil. So pray for me. Send me funds if you can. <laughs> so I can make it to that trip to Sao Paulo. Um, but yes, I hope you enjoyed this conversation. And you can find out more about Fashion Revolution. Specifically in Brazil. By the Fashion Rev website. You can also follow their incredible informative Instagram. Which is Fashion underscore Rev underscore Brazil. With an S where you can support their growing movement over there um but yes like i said i hope you enjoyed this conversation and if this is the first time you're hearing about fashion revolution at all i would highly recommend uh, visiting the website and um, reading and picking up tools as to how uh, you also can join the movement every single year so every single year 24th of april is fashion revolution day and all around the world um, in different countries people participate online and in real life through events to raise awareness about the fashion revolution uh, movement through protests against uh, fast fashion um, through yeah social media uh, having conversations and it's such a powerful day 
And every single year, the wave of change that the movement brings gets bigger and bigger. So every voice really does count. Uh, And I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but Fashion Revolution was this space in which I felt the safest to um, express and learn um, about um, sustainability and ethical practices in the fashion industry. And it really created a platform for me to feel brave enough to uh, talk about this, to change my lifestyle, and then to create, sell, and sustain, really. Um, so, really would encourage um, everyone to check it out and to participate in the smallest way that they can. Um, yeah, so that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening, and see you next time.